I want to be humble enough to say, look, whatever God would be willing to use me, it's better than I deserve, and it's a great privilege. So instead of trying to dictate what I think I'm made for, let other people recognize what God has made me for. From Walking in Grace, this is the Straight Truth Podcast, Christian truths in an increasingly secular world. Well, welcome again to the Straight Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Philpot, and as always, I'm joined by Pastor Richard Caldwell, the pastor of Founders Baptist Church. Now, we want you to be part of this discussion as always, so please leave us a comment in the video below, or maybe go to our website, straighttruth.net, and send us an email, maybe something you'd like for us to discuss here on this podcast. Also on that website, you can find links to all of our social media channels as well as to our store. So, Pastor, church becomes this place where you have people from all different you know, locations, different ethnicities, mm. uh, different ways of life, all coming together in one place to worship and to hear the word preached. Mm. And so it's really diverse. And so you also have a lot of people with different ideas as to, you know, maybe what the church should do or they think, you know, I would like to be a leader in the church because I could do this or maybe I could do that. I can help the church in this way. Or maybe somebody might be thinking after being in a church a while, I, I want to be a pastor. I want to be an elder or I want to be a deacon, mm-hmm. I want to be the women's ministry director, those sorts of things. Uh, I wonder if you could just expound a little bit on, on uh, how does one become a leader in the church with, with so many different groups around you, sometimes big churches, sometimes smaller locations or, or church churches. How does somebody become a leader in those places? Yeah, the first question I would want to ask is, um, why do you want to become a leader? And you've given voice to several reasons why someone might want that. We want to affirm the fact that it's not wrong to want to be a leader. First mm. Timothy 3.1 says, uh, the saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. So it's not a, a bad thing at all to desire noble things. But our desires need to be noble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if, if I'm desiring a noble task, let my, my desires be noble in, in, in the nature of those desires. So... Why do I want to be a leader? Is it, is it because that would represent my life uh, being one of spiritual maturity and character and Christ-likeness? Uh, because these are the qualifications for leaders in the church. It's all about character. Mm-hmm. You read the pastoral qualifications of 1 Timothy 3 and the qualifications for deacons. It's about character. What kind of a husband is this person? What kind of a, a family do they have? Uh, what kind of, of personal disciplines characterize uh, the person's life. So so if that's why I want to be a leader, because I want to uh, represent the kind of life that honors Christ, and I want to, to make my life, or I want my life to count uh, to the greatest degree possible, if those are my reasons, then that's not a bad thing. So I would, I would examine myself first on that level. Is it just because I want some sort of power or influence mm-hmm. or want people to think highly of me? Those would be wrong reasons. But do I want to make the most of my life and have whatever gift God has put into me for ministry uh, used to the fullest? Those aren't bad motivations. For the honor of, of God, for the glory of God, those are good motivations. Then if I ask, how does that happen? When you look at the qualifications, you're talking about someone who is already recognizable because of their faithfulness to God. So the way to aspire to leadership is to aspire to faithfulness. Just, just be faithful mm-hmm. wherever God puts you. Serve the Lord. Serve others. Walk in humility. 
Uh, God is the one who exalts people to places of leadership if, if, if it's legitimate exaltation. God's the one who does this. And he, he tells us in his word, he resists proud people. Mm-hmm. He gives grace to humble people. Uh, Jesus made clear in that last supper that if anyone desires to be the greatest, he's going to be the servant of all. He, he stooped down and washed the feet of his disciples, mm-hmm. uh, giving forever the example of what, of what real leadership looks like. So if I want to be useful in the Lord's church, then let me humble myself and not demand something, but be faithful wherever others uh, view me as being most useful. Uh, let, let the church recognize my gifts. I don't want to toot my own horn, right? I don't want to sound my own trumpet. I just want to be faithful. And if other people recognize that in me, and as a result, I begin to be uh, used by the Lord in more influential ways in the life of the church, then I can rejoice in that. And I can know that it's not something that, that I, I did on my own, uh, that I accomplished through some, some fleshly carnal means, but rather God put me in that position. I think about the qualification for deacons, where it says um, in verse 10, 1 Timothy chapter 3, and let them also be tested first, mm. then let them serve mm-hmm. as deacons. So these are tested men, proven mm. men. Mm-hmm. And the way we do that uh, is wherever we, we serve. If we're faithful in small things, we can be trusted with greater things. Mm. Um, sometimes I hear people who want to, to go serve as missionaries somewhere else in the world. And I want to ask, are you serving in your own church? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to teach a class. Well, are you teaching your own family? Mm-hmm. So, so let's begin mm-hmm. you know, at these basic levels of faithfulness and then let the Lord put us where he wants us. What is the role of humility in becoming a leader in the church? Yeah, it's, it's a willingness to recognize that I don't judge my own service. I don't assign my own giftedness. I don't, I don't praise my own service and my own mind. Uh, I leave all those things to God and others. That, I think there's the role of humility. The gifts have been assigned sovereignly by the Spirit of God. I don't get to choose the gift I have for ministry. So am I, am I humble enough to be content with whatever God has gifted me to do. So, so maybe, for example, you mentioned someone who aspires to be a pastor. That's not a bad aspiration, but are you willing to accept it if that's not how you've been gifted? Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you really willing to accept that in your mm-hmm. heart? And then how do you measure that? You don't measure that by your own judgment. Uh, this is where we need a healthy ecclesiology. We need to understand what the church is and how it functions. So am I willing to let my giftedness be measured by other people? And then am I willing to to really accept in my heart what other people see? You know, there's the old joke, you know, about the person who says, I'm a teacher, and their class comes along behind them and says, no, they're not. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to be that person who, who thinks of myself in one way and others who love me honestly assessing me in another way. Mm. I want to be humble enough to say, Look, whatever God would be willing to use me, it's better than I deserve, and it's a great privilege. So instead of trying to dictate what I think I'm made for, let other people recognize what God has made me for, and ultimately that's what I want to do. So what you're saying seems to be that um, if I go turn this to the question of calling, Mm. um, let's say pastoral calling, but maybe something else too, that is a process of discovery it Affirmation is, by others, Josh. is that what you're saying? It's an outstanding way of, of terming it. It is a process of discovery. So, I, you know, what sorts of things would I pay attention to? Well, my desires. Okay. What do I desire to do? God does work in and through our desires. 
And then I would, I would um, ask about opportunity. It says, Lord, sure. open doors of opportunity for me to be able to exercise uh, my gift in the ways that I desire. And obviously this will involve things like conversations with elders and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But, but does God, through those conversations and expressions of my desire, does he open doors for me? And then if those doors are open and I actually step into that role and I serve in that role, do I see blessing? Mm-hmm. Do others see blessing? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm a teacher, but are people actually edified by my teaching? Mm-hmm. Uh, do I see you know, um, evidence through the teaching process that God has gifted me to teach? Um, th- these are the sorts of things that you, you have to, to I, look to the people who are called to do what you believe you're called to do. Mm. I mean, you, you know they're called to do it. There's evidence that they're called to do it. Let those people help you walk through that process mm-hmm. of discovery and examination. Mm-hmm. I mean, someone who is obviously gifted to preach and God blesses their preaching, let them, uh, talk with them about your desires and let mm-hmm. them help you discover whether that's what you're made for or not. Yeah, we seem to use that word calling pretty flippantly and yeah. say, I'm called to do this or I'm called to right. do that. But what you seem to be saying is that that's merely leaving it at the desire uh, point and not allowing for the affirmation and humility of others, say the church or elders, being involved in affirming your calling, right? Right. I think calling really comes down to gift assignment. Okay. I mean, when you, when you get down to the bottom line level of what am I called to do, uh, whatever, whatever way God means for us to serve will fit with what he's gifted us to do. Um, and so what we're really trying to discover is what we're gifted to do. And a spiritual gift is not something natural. It, may, it, it will work in conjunction oftentimes with natural talents and abilities God put in you from birth, knowing from the foundation of the world he would save you. It's not, it's not surprising when our natural strengths uh, can be useful in some way along with our spiritual gift. But the spiritual gift is something imparted at the point of conversion. It's the gift imparted by the Spirit of God. And, and so it is, um, I believe, it, it's a, a blend of the gift categories that you find in the New Testament. Mm. Each one is unique. Each one is uniquely outfitted to serve Christ in his church. And, and so the evaluation of that gift, uh, and, and with those gifts, I would add, with those gifts come desires. It, w- it would be unimaginable to me that God would gift you for a teaching work and you have no desire to do it, mm-hmm. right? So the spirit, the same spirit who uh, grants the new birth and then grants the spiritual gifts is also at work in our lives, granting us desires. So I have a desire, but is the gift there? Because desires can be misinformed. Mm-hmm. Desires can be misinformed by the flesh, by selfishness, by mm-hmm. pride. Do these desires fit with the giftedness? And that's something that I'm not qualified by myself to judge. Mm-hmm. This, this is where the church comes into play okay. and, and shepherds come into play uh, who are gifted in these ways and they can recognize giftedness in those areas. Mm-hmm. So I'll let someone else evaluate that along with myself. Thanks again for joining us for the Straight Truth Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Now you can find links to all of our social media channels by going to our website, straighttruth.net. And do us a favor, go to our YouTube channel and subscribe to this podcast. And also go to the iTunes podcast section and leave us a review. Now, Straight Truth is a production of Walking in Grace Ministries. You can learn more by going to walkingingrace.org. 